I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the W as of today, August 1st. Like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking to get tickets for the current WNBA season or maybe the playoffs uh thanks to our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion chicago sky use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com backslash Winsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. We're back with WNBA Stocks where we check the pulse on the market. Today is August 1st. Owen, it's been a week. We're back on our, our weekly grind. It's been a week since our last episode. The All-Star Game has come and gone as we talked about last episode. Um, it's it's really, really the home stretch and possibly the most important WNBA stocks we've ever done. Before we hop into this, let me give the breakdown of five weeks to now. Five weeks ago, we had New York and Seattle as our up team, Dallas and Atlanta as our down team. Four weeks ago, we had Chicago and Minnesota up and Phoenix and Las Vegas down. Three weeks ago, New York and LA up and Indian Seattle down. And then two weeks ago, Minnesota and Atlanta down, Vegas and New York up. And last week, we had Minnesota and New York down and Connecticut and Phoenix up. It's really been a roller coaster ride for many of those teams. I mean, we we try and throughout the season, we have tried uh, throughout WNBA stocks to stay away from, you know, giving stocks to the number one team or the number 12 team, because that's kind of just ridiculous. Also, I should say, since it's August 1st, uh, my firstborn son, Augustus, will be joining us for this episode. So if you hear some uh, chitter-chatter in the background, he's just got some hot takes and he wants his own podcast. Um, Owen, thoughts on when you when we kind of recap the past five weeks, uh, any surprises, any any thoughts? Yeah, I love hearing the the recaps because it feels like th- this season's such a blur and especially the condensed schedule this year. It's just ludicrous to me that we're already in august and and on the the precipice of the playoffs here um but yeah i think i think it goes to show just how fluid this exercise is which was kind of the reason that i wanted to do it you know when we started the season is that you have these teams you know other than the top teams chicago for the most part has just been up all year indiana for the most part has just been down all year even though they were an up team early early in the season but, you know, for the most part, it's like a lot of these teams have good nights, have bad nights, and, and the league is just so competitive that you really can, as cliche as it sounds, lose on any given night um, if you don't bring your best basketball. So I think that's been fun is seeing, you know, well, New York was looking so good a, a few weeks ago, then they were on the down, and and frankly, you know, you could argue they're on the, the up again. So it's just one of these things where it's like, 
momentum is uh, is so elusive in this league and to capture it and then hold on to it is really, really difficult. Well, I would say consistency, right? Like it's so cliche, it's so oversaid, but consistency wins championships. Um, the teams that have been on our on our show the least have been, you know, Chicago, heck, even Connecticut has been uh, like probably the most of the top teams. Um, and Vegas are the teams that have been there the least. And then obviously Indiana, because they've been pretty consistent, I have to say. Um, not in the best way, though. Uh, yeah, no, I think it, it really boils down. Like, I was trying to conceptualize, wrap my head around where we are in the season, everything that's going on. And it was kind of just a situation of like, you have the consistent teams, and then you have the un- inconsistent teams. I almost said inconsistent. Um, like, it's it's that simple. We've seen sparks of greatness from minnesota we've seen sparks of greatness from new york uh even phoenix honestly even seattle i mean there's been some up and downs dallas is a scary team but uh enough enough of the back talk right let's talk down or up first this week let's go up it's a it's a sunny day here in portland maine my uh my hometown i'll be heading back to brooklyn later we got Two Barclays games, two big ones for the playoff race with New York and, uh, and L.A. coming up. That might be a little tease for later in the show. Um, but let's uh, let's start with up here. I'm going to start on a positive note. A team that we're talking about, right, It's this is a good segue because consistency is probably the last word you would use to describe my up team for this week, the Dallas Wings. Um, they're a team that really for a couple of years now, basically since they've started this this rebuild where they've just gathered all these assets and all this young talent, it's like, well, some nights the talent really wins out and they just look incredible. It's like, oh, this is a surefire playoff team. Other nights, it's like, what is going on with the Dallas Wings? Why do we not know who's going to play? Why do we not know whether they're going to play well? And, and why are they not winning and making you know, significant strides over the course of the whole season rather than, you know, taking a step forward, then taking a step back. Well, Dallas, you know, in this kind of crunch of the season right here, being one of the six teams in the race for the final three playoff spots does seem to be playing more consistently than a lot of these other teams that they're in competition with. Um, And that isn't to say that they've been perfect. They lost, you know, at home to Washington um, since we last recorded, they also had a really, really important win in Atlanta on Saturday night. And I think those are the type of games that Dallas is kind of known to steal and known to be dangerous. And when, when they go into somebody's building and the other team is thinking we should win this game, you know, very winnable game. Dallas doesn't always play well and we're at home. We should take this one in a weird way. That's when Dallas is at its most dangerous they just have so many really good WNBA players on this team. And so I think, you know, the two that kind of stood out to me on Saturday night in a really definitive and important win for the Wings in the playoff race um, were Kayla Thornton and Tierra McCowan. Kayla Thornton is someone who has just had an incredible season and has really always been this kind of glue player, right? Where she she can play, you know, the four the unsung hero. She's totally the unsung hero. She, she, she. We give rightfully so. Alicia Gray deserves and and receives a ton of credit for being this this team's best two way player. But Kayla Thornton is someone who, for years now, has been one of the best defenders in this league and one of the most versatile. I don't think we give her enough credit for for being capable of guarding wings 
um, no pun intended, and also being capable of guarding down low. She really can play bigger than she is in terms of her height and, and is really good at guarding and making life very difficult for other power forwards. I think what we've seen this year from her is her offense has started to be a little more consistent. This team has so many scorers and so many potent offensive players that they don't need Kayla to score you know, 20 points a night like she did uh, in Atlanta. But she is having those games occasionally where she's knocking down threes. She's making things happen offensively when her number's being called upon. And that's just been huge for this team. And then as far as McCowan goes, this is kind of a great story because she's someone who's had such an interesting up-and-down WNBA career. It's so clear that the talent is there. It's so clear that she can do what she did in Atlanta every night, which is put up 14 points, 14 rebounds. She's someone who, in Indiana, struggled to, to know what her role was. Sometimes she'd start, sometimes she'd come off the bench, and, and it almost became like the popular thing to do to say, well, is Tierra McCowan have a future in this league? She's not you know laterally very quick defensively. She's got holes in her game. What can she do? Ultimately, she can be a really good defender you know, in the paint in terms of playing to her strengths. She's an elite rebounder, and she can give you 15 to 20 points and that's exactly what Dallas needs in the front court right now. So she's kind of emerging at a perfect time for this team. And look, they've put themselves back in position to make the playoffs now where when we recorded last week and, you know, around the All-Star break, it was looking questionable whether Dallas was going to be one of those three teams to sneak into the playoffs. Now, if you if you ask me today, I'd feel fairly confident that Dallas is going to make it, which once again, no guarantees and and this team is... Are you are you confident based on how they're playing, or are you confident based on who they have to play slash where they're standing right now in in the stands? It's a it's a great question. It's a combination of the two. I'd say mostly how they're playing. I think that over the course of the year, Vicky Johnson has started to to get a better grasp on what this team's strengths are and how to make those shine through. Um, but I would also say it's a function of the fact that it just seems like the other teams that are competing for the playoff spots. I'm never going to say they don't want them. Everyone wants them desperately. It's so easy to sit on a couch and, and criticize. But if I'm looking at, you know, I'm not going to spoil who our two down teams are this week, but our two down teams are teams that that are in amazing positions to make the playoffs right now and are kind of looking pretty shy. They're looking like, eh, you know, we're not quite ready for it yet for one reason or another. And that makes me think that Dallas is kind of just coming out and taking it because they've already been there. They, they made it last year. They have the the star and Enrique. They have all these amazing complimentary players. You know, when it's working, it's really working. And I think we're we're seeing that right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I would think the, the the way you put it early on, I think to me was the best part. Um, when you said that it's kind of like how I'm not even going to try and paraphrase. You were talking about how like when other teams go up, um, you can kind of shortchange the Dallas Wings, and that's when you when you take the Dallas Wings seriously and you consider them a top dog, I think that's when we see them kind of falter a little bit and teams find ways to beat them. When teams, you know, start off a little lackadaisically, start off a little easy, um, maybe go into it with a little bit of an idea of, oh, it's the Dallas Wings, they're not consistent. Um, If they have an on night, okay, but most likely, you know, I mean, like when you doubt your opponent, you're setting yourself up, um, for a very rude awakening as it were they have the talent we know this the question in complete honesty there's three questions 
GM slash owner Greg Bibb, head coach Vicky Johnson, and then the roster. But I think the roster kind of almost ties back, um, <clears throat> excuse me, to GM Greg Bibb, where it's a situation of like, is this a team that can grow together as a unit? Because everybody is basically in that, for the most part, in that same stage of their career, trying to get to their prime. Um, or do they need to kind of cut ties with some of these prospects to try and get a player um, who has that vet ability, that vet experience, and then make a deep playoff run in a championship? I don't know. I, I completely agree. Dallas is, uh, is an up team this week. My up team this week uh, might come to the shock to my wife. Some people who've been following Winsider for a while, the Washington Mystics um, has been lack of consistency, but I wouldn't even say that it's a lack of consistency from the players in regards to their play, but more so, do we have Deladon? Do we not have Deladon? Um, it really comes down to that, and Gus agrees with me, so that's pretty cool. He never agrees with me. Um, and, and, and the Washington Mystics have shown points during this season that their defense is a lockdown, intimidating defense. The question for me, for the most part, has kind of been, what's going to happen when this team loses its vision, loses its path, who's going to be the one to kind of step up and, and take the rings <laughs> and um, and really refocus the team. Um, and in mid-game, mid-game, who's going to refocus this Washington Mystics team and push them forward? Right now, clinched the playoff spot with a loss and then pulled off the victory against Seattle. Um, I think they're 2-1 and one in the past week. And honestly, this team is a team that is poised right now. Deladon played her first back-to-back. And we see them ramping up and looking ready for the playoffs. What's your thoughts on the Mystics? Yeah, I love I love where the Mystics are at right now. I think that the fact that they split this little back-to-back with Seattle was perfect. Because more than anything, this is an analysis. This is just the fan in me. I want Washington and Seattle in that 4-5 series. Like, that is just... We saw it this weekend. They played two games back-to-back. They were both really competitive both really compelling uh, two teams that are extremely stout defensively and that have transcendent all time offensive players. The question being, can those offensive players win out uh, against like really elite defenses? I think Washington's in a really good spot. Um, I mean, they have the best defense in the league uh, per, per defensive rating. Seattle is second. So that's really where, you know, they, they, they make their, uh, their strides and, and, and kind of gain leads here and, and create separation, but it's just a really fun team when everyone's healthy and knock on wood right now, we are seeing this team, you know, at its fullest. Um, I think that EDD when she's played this year has been, you know, on an MVP pace. I would not say even if you extrapolated her, her per game averages out over the course of a full season, I think I'd still lean Asia as the MVP. I'd still lean Stewie and I, I kind of have EDD in that, you know, three, four range with maybe John Quell. But um, ultimately this is a team that doesn't need Deladon to be the best player in the league. They just need her to be at that level that she has been at basically her whole career, which is a, a top five player and really just the best shooter in the league, the most dangerous shooter that's what we saw in those games against Seattle, even against really good defense. The other player I want to mention is Ariel Atkins. I think that, you know, Natasha Cloud sent out that tweet about about her defense. And and frankly, I agree. I think that Natasha does not get enough credit for her defense. And, and we sometimes tend to overlook 
defense at the point guard position. It's easier to uh, complement wings and bigs when it comes to defensive dominance. What Natasha Cloud's doing on, on both ends, but specifically defense, is nothing short of incredible. But Ariel Atkins is kind of like, to me, the real key piece on this team in terms of how far they're going to they're gonna go in the playoffs and if they can beat Seattle in that potential first-round series. She's someone who played really well offensively yesterday in the win and, and really uh, is just so consistent, so solid, always makes the right play, is lethal from three, can, make, can create her own offense but does not need the ball in her hands all the time, which is a really delicate balance and not something you see very often. And then, you know, we're talking about Natasha Cloud's defense. Ariel Atkins has a case, you know, to be the best defensive wing in the league. Certainly one of them. The way she plays on the perimeter um, really lifts this team to, to heights that, uh, you know, could make them extremely dangerous in the playoffs. And they're just deep. You know, this is a roster that's been put together really well. Coach T has won a championship. He, he, he knows how to get the best out of his players. You got Shakira Austin, who I just love her game and is looking so comfortable as a rookie um, and is just going to get, you know, even better once she starts to really consistently knock down shots and, and get a little more touch. But I mean, defensively on the boards, she really is just disrupting a whole lot of things that in a way that you don't see rookies do very often. So I'm really bullish on this team's uh, this team's future, you know, in terms of entering the playoffs here. I think they're in a great spot. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's it's a pretty impressive team. It's it's one of those teams that it's hard to I don't know. A, a lot of the teams this season are really hard for me to pick individual awards because it's been such a team effort. Uh, but we can get into that later. For those that don't know, we at Winsider have been hosting some WNBA watch parties using a cool new platform called Playback. We're all able to watch together, so there's no spoilers. We have it all on the exact same time. We've been doing some fun giveaways of vintage WNBA jerseys, posters, WNBA top shots. It's free to sign up, and it literally takes two minutes. My nine-month-old baby, Augustus, could sign up. It's that simple. Um, we'll be doing one tomorrow, actually, for the Washington Mystics Las Vegas Aces game. Um, and yeah, might be a playoff preview. Would love to see a Storm Mystics playoff series. We've seen that before, and we know how good that is. That's right, Gus. Let's talk about our down teams. For me, it's pretty simple. You look at the standings, and this is how I approached it. I look at the standings. I look at past 10 games. I look at the games over the last week. Who went from being uh, in a semi-comfortable or a more comfortable position making the playoffs? <laughs> and who uh, is kind of faltering their chances of making the playoffs? And there's a few teams that come to mind in that. And that's the LA Sparks. The LA Sparks, I don't know how. Right. I, in my mind, when I think back, maybe I'd have to look at the exact stats. They didn't exactly have a rousing run after Derek Fisher uh, left the organization. It did not seem like this team rallied behind it. And it does not seem like this team has rallied behind. Now, I definitely see the effort uh, since Liz Cambage has left, but it does not seem like this team has really, you know, said, oh, we're going to prove that Liz was the reason that we were losing and so on and so forth. And for me, that's kind of the big sign. Um, and so for me with the LA Sparks, it's just a situation of, look, they're four and six in the last 10 games. They're slowly slipping and slipping out of the playoff race. We've seen this team have late time pushes in games and, and we know the efforts there. They're not just like giving up on the game or anything, but at the same remark, like, 
this team is slipping out and we're slowly and slowly seeing when, you know, star and star goes missing, what's going to happen to this team. You can't realistically think that this team, um, you know, is going to make the most ridiculous push. NECA is playing MVP style basketball, but there's limitations to how much she can carry a team. Um, the LA Sparks have a talented team, but with injuries and Liz Cambage leaving, it honestly just seems like they're doomed to miss the playoffs for a second consecutive year. What's your thoughts on LA? I just want to say first off that it's it couldn't be more on brand and fitting that that you know Gus here uh, named after one of the Minnesota legends. Just the minute we start talking about the Los Angeles Sparks, it's just like he's not having it. You know, he's not a fan of this team. And uh, and it's clear. And you know what? I I, I just love it. It's a, he's a he's already, uh, you know, a, a beautiful Lynx fan. Um, he does not. He does not uh, hold back his his opinions or he, takes, which I got. He respect. doesn't. And you know what? We love that. Um, here's my thing with Los Angeles. I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, I, I was maybe expecting this team after Liz left to have a little one of those bumps, just like, OK, you know, I don't know what happened, so I don't want to speculate. Um, but she was a player who seemed to be unhappy with her role, where the numbers would point to the fact that she had the second highest usage percentage on the team and the highest usage percentage amongst the starters. Um, you know, so it, 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 you you could you could definitely conceive of a reality in which okay, Liz leaves the team, and everyone's like, okay. Now, now we're kind of starting to flow, whatever it hasn't happened. And you know what? Maybe that's because Liz is an amazing basketball player and she really, she really helps you. Maybe it's because this team is just tired. They've had to deal with, with so much in terms of like the noise and the non-basketball stuff this year that they might just be spent. Um, Regardless, it's been, you know, difficult and, and frankly, a little surprising watching these last couple games here. Because, you know, this is the time to make the push. And really, it looks like they're doing the opposite of that. Now, shout out to NECA, who is just unbelievably good and just brings it every night. And like you said, is playing MVP ball. But this team does not have the players stepping up in the way that, you know, teams in this range need to if they want to make the playoffs in terms of of those complementary pieces Okay, you look at at Phoenix right now, a team that's making a playoff push. They've got Skylar Diggins Smith playing first team all WNBA level, but Diana's still bringing it, you know, a good portion of the nights offensively. Shea Petty's having an amazing season. Sophie Cunningham has entered into the starting lineup and has provided a really big boost. Uh, Turner is is one of the best defenders in the league and a, a real unsung hero you're just not seeing that as much with the role players on Los Angeles. And I think the key point here is that, you know, in past seasons, you know, for all in, that we criticize Derek Fisher about as far as his, his, his uh, tenure as head coach, one thing he really knew how to do very well was construct a top defense, even in those years where they weren't, you know, super good. I'm really thinking of last year, specifically the post Candace Parker, Chelsea gray era, they still had a top three or four defense and that allowed them to be competitive. Even if they didn't make the playoffs, they were still competitive because they could rely on that defense, making things difficult for opponents this year. They have the second worst defense in the league. The only one that's worse, no surprises, Indiana. So if you're the 11th defense and then they're the ninth offense per offensive rating, 
you know, it's just, it's not a recipe for winning and, and we're seeing it in terms of their net rating. They are statistically the second worst team in the league uh, with Indiana far and away, you know, in the cellar. And I don't think anyone really expected that because this team does have a lot of players that are good role complementary players in the right setting. Jordan Canada, Katie Lou Samuelson's having a great year. Lexi Brown's having a great year. Uh, you know, Kennedy Carter in the right setting can can be extremely dynamic. Brittany Sykes, defensive player. But Owen, Owen, I would I would say that you're completely right. The issue is that they're all being at like the Phoenix comparison, I think, is a great example because you have one player, Skylar Diggins, who's just playing out of her mind, and everybody else falling into the roles appropriately and playing to their strengths. As where we have in LA. We just have people, you know, role players who can be skilled in certain ways, not doing exactly. It. And I think that the one thing that people pointed to at the start of the season, questioning this team, was are they going to have enough shooting? And I think ultimately that is the downfall. You saw it at the very end when they had that great comeback last night and then fell short uh, against Minnesota. You know, on that final possession where they could have, you know, really gotten back into the game. And NECA misses the misses the three, and then they get the offensive rebound and are just kind of passing it around. And no team is really that scared of these these players shooting the ball, other than Lexi or Katie Lou. Uh, it's just not enough shooting. So I think to your point, it's like these players in the right role. Jordan Canada is an amazing you know player. She's not going to be a star, but she's going to be just so solid. But they're not they're they 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 don't have the right environment to thrive because the roster just was not constructed well enough and that kind of goes back to the offseason and and whether it was the right move to kind of push Zowie B to the side bring in Liz etc that's podcast for another day uh my down who's your down (laughs) my down team is the other uh you know team that that is in this position of should they make the playoffs yes they probably should have if we're if we're looking at it a week ago and now you look at it and the Atlanta dream have fallen kind of to a spot where I'd be more surprised if they did make it. Uh, they, they in a way, were able to control their own destiny. And coming out of the Commissioner's Cup break, just had, I don't want to say inexcusable, because again, the way this schedule is constructed, how difficult and competitive the league is, there's no inexcusable loss, really. It's very rare. Um, but this was as close as you could come to just one of those head-scratching losses where it's like, wow. Uh, they really did not compete on their home floor against Minnesota in a game that, frankly, you just need to win if you're going to, you know, stick in that six, seven, eight range and make the playoffs, which they were well positioned to do. They've really slid back and then they lose again at home to Dallas. And there it is. It's two teams that you're competing with in this range from six to 11 and two games at home that, that frankly, they, it wasn't even that close uh, near the near the end of it at the fourth quarter, um, and and it's it's tough because it's a team I really root for. It's a team I really enjoy watching, but I think we're just seeing the inexperience and just kind of th- this team's true talent level uh, come to the forefront, right? Which is like this is a team extremely well situated for the future. They've got great potential, great promise. I talked about Nas Hillman recently on the podcast. Love the way she's playing. Ryan Howard is 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 pretty undeniably the rookie of the year. Um, but offensively, if Tiff Hayes isn't on, uh, this team just does not have enough offense. They're the 11th offense in the league and just a hair, a sliver above Indiana in the cellar. I mean, when you're, 
you know, at the bottom with the team that's lost 14 in a row, you can't really expect to make the playoffs. And look, this is what we expected at the start of the year. It's not a bad thing. Um, they've, they've really punched above their weight all season and had this really incredible productive season after a, a lost season in 2021. But, you know, for, for dream fans, this past week was definitely disappointing because you have a playoff spot right there within your grasp. And now it seems to be slipping away. Yeah, it's definitely slipping away. But you know what? End of the day, this is better for the dream as an organization moving forward. Like we, we can all agree to that. And everything you've said has been true. They played a great first half of the season and they've kind of regressed to the average uh, to what's expected. And honestly, like that's perfect for this team. They're a downstock because, you know, the questions of them making the playoffs and that's where we're at in the season. But if you're talking like long term stock, this is a team that you want to buy stock in right now, because from this point forward, like this is the lowest it's going to be for many years, just based on who they have, based on the direction this this organization and team is going. So you have to be positive about that. It's not like, for instance, uh, to quote my dear friend Rachel Galligan, when she's talking about L.A., she'll say something to the effect of um, just blow it all up. Like we're at that point, just blow it all up. You're not going to have trouble getting superstars and big names to come there. Blow it all up, get a new coach, get a new roster. This is not the situation for Atlanta. You have your coach, you have your GM, you have some core pieces for the roster. Now it's this offseason is reconstructed. And honestly, I'll say it now, Atlanta's a playoff team next year. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. I also realized I forgot to give the link. Uh, The link for our playback streams is getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider that's getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider we'll be doing a stream tomorrow for the las vegas aces game in dc versus the washington mystics gus is going to be joining me for that one uh because my lovely wife will be at the game so we'll get some insider trading uh from the uh the ground floor of the stock exchange Can we start calling should we start referring to the courts or the home courts is the stock exchange. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, we, we really have a lot of untapped potential as far as the 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 references go here. That's that's gold. Hey, we got we got more time. It's not even you know. What I mean, <laughs> the 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 stocks never stop. Um, we'll be back next week with WNBA stocks, where myself, Ari Schwartz, and my number one partner, Owen Pence, break down where the market is in the WNBA as of when we record. And uh, next week, we'll probably have a a more clear picture of the playoff chase, the playoff hunt, who's in, who's out, um, and kind of limiting who we can do for stocks. And Gus is signing off. Owen, anything you want to say? Nothing I want to say. Excited for this this home stretch and uh, can't wait to get back at it next week.